So, you have weighed in on the affair of uh, Clarence Thomas and his billionaire buddies. Mm-hmm. And you have gone into a very, very dangerous place on this issue, Mona. You have <laughs> you have gone to nuance. You have <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay, although reading the comment section, there are people, have you noticed this, that there are folks who just have decided that, you know, we don't need no stinking nuance. We want the villains and we want the heroes, and we want these pictures to be unsullied. And so, I mean, bottom line, okay, I'm, I'm not going to put any words in your mouth here. Um, you know, I mean, your piece is very, very critical in the in the end of what uh, Clarence Thomas has done ethically and what he has done to the court. But there is some complexity to this story, isn't there? I was partly, you know, just recoiling from the knee-jerk reactions of both sides. So, I mean, at the risk of being guilty of both sidesism, mm-hmm. but you know, the people on the left argued immediately that he should be impeached and removed from the bench. And I went into their case, which is, you know, that he clearly violated the ethics rules by failing to report these gifts. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's not that clear. I mean, even you know, very famous judicial ethicists like Stephen Gillers have said. The actual, the old rules, which were just changed, but the old rules were incredibly subject to abuse and kind of vague. And they had a huge loophole, namely, you didn't have to report personal hospitality. Now, a lot of people say, oh, come on, you call this personal hospitality, what a stretch, et cetera. And, and maybe that's right. I'm actually sympathetic to the view that, and I say that, that he really was stretching it, Okay. But on the other hand, you know, the Wall Street Journal and others were saying, nothing to see here. Oh, what a big shock. You know, Thomas has friends who are nice to him. You know, wow, what a scandal. And of course, that really misses the mark, too, as, you know, minimizing it. And the one sort of line from the piece that I've seen a few people respond to is that I said, you know, if if your guy does it, you know, it's unprecedented corruption. And if my guy does it, it's a trivial offense. And we have seen this before. We've seen this before. I mean, it's it's just endless. So what I said is, let's get past the, you know, he's the worst ever and needs to be impeached, or it's a trivial minor offense. Let's get past all that. And let's look at the offense and say, okay, he really did stretch things here. You know, but leaving aside whatever the technical, ethical rules and laws that he was obliged to follow, what about his own internal compass is what I was asking. What about his own sense of rectitude? You know, I, right. I'm reminded of the story of the judge who had so much integrity that he insisted on taking bribes from both sides, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. But what about that? What about the fact that, you know, he is a judge, one of the highest judges in the country, and it's unseemly in the extreme to take that kind of largesse from anyone. And, you know, to say, but it didn't influence me. Well, but, you know, you can't be sure of that. You can't be certain. You know, he was taking these lavish vacations. You know, the guy was flying him around the world on his private jet and so forth. And look, yeah, they share a judicial philosophy, this uh, Harlan Crow and Clarence Thomas. They they share the, a worldview. Mm, but what yeah. I was asking is, okay, you share a worldview, but what if a case comes up oh, uh, and and it's not disputed by, I don't think, by anybody that, that Crow himself didn't have any cases before the court. Right. 
But what if a case came up where, you know, Thomas was tempted to depart from this doctrinaire position that, that he and Crow believe in? I mean, would he at least maybe just unconsciously say to himself, ah, do I really want to go there? Because, you know, I really like those vacations. I really like those, you know, private jets. Well, that's because right. Because it can corrupt you. And so that was what I found so disappointing on the part of Thomas, that he didn't have the internal moral compass to just say, no, I can't take these things. I would use a stronger word than disappointed because you would think that he would have some sense of, and I use the word reeks, how much this uh, this does reek. I mean, when you have you know, these private trips uh, to Indonesia, the uh, you know yearly summer stay at the private resort in the Adirondacks, yacht cruise in New Zealand, you know, private jet trips, you know, to, to Dallas. And then, of course, uh, you know, Crow contributes half a million dollars to Ginny Thomas's Tea Party uh, startup. I mean, this is the point here. Most of us don't know billionaires, far less billionaires who are eager to be our friends and benefactors. But we've all been in situations where we reject money or help because we do not want to be beholden to someone or worse, compromised. And that's the key. That's where you have that gene that most judges. I know government officials who won't even allow people to buy them lunches. So in all of that luxury, you know, the jets, the yachts, the private resort with the artificial waterfalls, the top tier chefs, it can turn your head and you want to be part of that club and you're hanging around with those people. And so, Yes, he may not have technically violated, and I'm not going to get into that issue, technically violated the reporting issue because the ethics code for the Supreme Court was so pathetically weak. That in itself is a scandal that they did not have an ethics code mm -hmm. that applies to the Supreme Court justices that was remotely as credible as the ethics code that applied to other federal judges. So, but it's it's a terrible look. It obviously undermines the the reputation of the court. And you point out, this hurts the standing of the court at a time when trust in all institutions is sinking. It may not be a crisis, but it is not good. And he knows it's not good. I mean, look, he has a carefully curated public image that he has put out there. I don't know of any other Supreme Court justice who tells the press how he vacations, but Clarence Thomas did. Clarence Thomas made a point of saying, he has a, a recreational vehicle and he and his wife, when they vacation, he said, some people like to go to Europe and that's fine, but that's not me. I like to see America and I like to stay in Walmart parking lots because I'm an ordinary person. That's where I come from, mm, right? What a okay, big so that's yeah. just, I mean, come on. So let me just mention though that a few years back, back in the late 90s, David Brooks wrote a really brilliant piece for the Weekly Standard which identified a problem called status income disequilibrium, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where he talked about the people in Washington who have big jobs, not just Washington, New York too. You know, like you have a big job in publishing or you have a big job in government, really important. You hobnob because you've got this job that has high status but low income or not that high income, right? You hobnob with people who have gazillions of dollars. And suddenly the contrast is incredibly painful to you, you know, that you have to take the Metro and they take. And it seems private unfair. Car. Right. Yeah. And so, mm -hmm. you know, when people offer you things, you know, you think, well, you know, I really am part of this group after all. Right. And uh, the fact is a Supreme Court justice makes less than $300,000 a year. 
Sally, now they do get a car and driver and they get other perks. It's all relative, right? It's because people are listening to this going, well, that's a ton of money. But if you hobnob around billionaires, though. That's exactly. So that that seems like a ton of money. But first of all, it's Washington, D.C., where the rents are through the Mm -hmm. roof and other prices. But second, you know, it's not enough to live the life of a millionaire, uh, far less a billionaire. And so this is how it happens. To listen to the rest of this episode of Just Between Us, become a Bulwark Plus member today. 